I'm sure that you did not come here for most secret obsession with um, Taylor Swift, right? And my favorite songs. I come here for whatever Mo brings to the table. Mm, well, that's what Mo brought to the table today, apparently. <laughs> Taylor Swift. <laughs> Hey guys, here's what's coming up. Next week, on January 24th, we will be reviewing Marissa Meyer's newest book, Gilded, which is a Rumpelstiltskin retelling. Then, on January 31st, we will be doing the first of a new series we are calling Books and Food, where we compare certain foods in a category to various books. Tune in to find out what foods we'll be tackling first. Don't forget to check out our Patreon! We have all sorts of cool perks available from our mini-series and monthly episode picking polls to bookmarks and books from our TBRs. Check out all the cool perks at patreon.com slash thebooklifepodcast. We hope you consider supporting us if you can, and we're incredibly grateful to all of you for listening in every week. Thank you. Speaking of thank yous, we want to send a huge thank you and shout out to our patrons, Ronnie, the Pirate Queen, and Sam and Megan. May your problems always be fictional. Now, on with the show. Welcome back to the Book Life Podcast with your host, myself, Mo, and my best friend, Abby. Tonight, we're talking about the Tattooist of Auschwitz by Ellen Miller. Heather Morse. Heather Morse. Wow. At least I got the, like, the H&M right of that name. <laughs> Go me. Close. Right. So, background, guys, for me, in 2021, I told my book club, I told Abby, guys, I don't want to read any 20 or any world war ii historical fiction i want to read historical fiction not based in what i feel like is the most popular era to base historical fiction and what does mo go out to do reads a world war ii novel mo ends up reads a world war ii novel and i had this one on my list which is why i read it and i think you read it because i read it right yes that's literally the only reason i read it (laughs) yeah uh, for all of my big talk of, hey, I'm not going to read a World War II novel. Yeah, I sure did read a World War II novel. Mm-hmm. But that's okay, because our patrons chose yeah. it for this episode. Which is true. Shout out to our patrons. We are glad you're here. So, I did not find fun facts, but Abby did, which I appreciate. Um, there is actually a young adult version of this novel. We are not sure on how it's different. But one would assume it would be slightly more palatable for a younger audience. So just to let you know, if you think you don't want to read the adult version, which is a little brutal, you can read the young adult version instead. There is also a sequel called Silka's Journey that follows Silka, who is one of the characters in this book that we don't get an ending for. Actually, Abby, there is yet another book as well that follows the sisters. Oh, I didn't realize that was one of them. I thought that was just by her. Okay. Nope, it follows um, Gita and her sisters, I think, be, uh, before they got to Auschwitz. So. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, I didn't like get like way deep into it. I was just like, oh, hmm, that's interesting. And I moved right along because I'm like not interested, unfortunately. Yeah, I'm more interested in uh, Silka's journey. Right. I, I, no, I don't want to read it, though. Like, I, I don't want to read it this year, maybe next year, but I do want to read it at some point. She was one of those characters. I was like, you're not going to give me an ending. What happened to her? Well, I did choose some um, 
what are the words called? I did choose some World War II novels this year on my book list. And I don't feel any guilt about it because my historical novel, my historical novel list consists of books about books. Okay. So I chose things that, oh, you're set in World War II, but you're about a bookshop. Perfect. <laughs> I, I, I literally guys have on my Goodreads, a whole list called books about books. And I based a lot of my 2021 list off of that as well. I mean, books about books are good books. Uh, right. Those are my kind of books personally. All right. So summary. In April, 1942, Lail Sokolov, a Slovakian Jew, is forcibly transported to the concentration camps at Auschwitz, Birkenau. When his captors discover that he speaks several languages, he is put to work as a tattooer or tattooist, tasked with permanently marking his fellow prisoners. I remember how you say the way they said it in the book. So I did the audio book. Did you do audio book or the or physical copy? Physical book. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to remember. Man, and I did this over summer. I'm like, I'm like, I know how to pronounce German words, but I'm like, that one is just not picking up in my brain at all. That's okay. I apologize to anyone who speaks German and actually listened to that. I probably butchered it. It's okay. I can't remember how it was pronounced. So let's go into our main cast of characters. So we have Lyle Skokolov. Um, he is our main character. He's a Vakian who was taken to Auschwitz and tells his harrowing tale. So this book is told all first person, right? Yes. Yeah. So we see everything from his point of view. There's Gita, Lyle's love interest. I don't think it's Lyle. Layla? No, Layla. Is it Layla? Lyle. Lyle? Mm, is it? L-A-L-E. Lyle. I promise you that's his name. It's going to bother me. I'm just going to be that. So I've done so many interviews that I've been looking up how to pronounce names a lot. I got it off of the Wikipedia page. Lale. Lale. It's Lale. Really? Yeah. It literally is spelled like Lale. I know. I know. But, um. I know. They're not in America. It's okay. Yes. Yeah, it's, it's a lot. Lale. Lale. Yeah. I was like, I know it's not. Yeah, I was trying to remember how it said it was book. So, Lale Scovolo. Ooh, that was butchered. I really don't do well with Eastern um, European last names. Is our main character, who's a Slovakian, who's taken out of Auschwitz and tells his heroine tale. There's Gita, Lale's um, love interest from the woman's camp at Auschwitz. There's Silka, who is Lale's friend, who works for the head of the SS at the camp. There's Papin. A fellow Jew and the current tattooist of Auschwitz. There's um, Jakob, a Polish Jew who Lale ends up tattooing. Burkowski, a SS officer who is in charge of Lale. And if you guys know your World War II history, you will know that he is one of the 24 SS officers that were charged in the Auschwitz trials. So he is a real historical character. There's um, Aaron, a friend of Lale's who comes to the camp with him. There's Dr. Yosef Mengele, the medical doctor for the camp. And again, if you know your World War II history, this was the, I can't remember, they gave him a different name, but he's bad, bad doctor, did bad things, lots of historical stuff about him. Victor, a contractor from a nearby town who helps build the camp while Lale is there because Lale got there at literally the beginning of Auschwitz. And Leon, Lale's apprentice, when he becomes the head tattooist. 
So those are our main cast of characters, primarily all Jewish prisoners. Victor is a, like we said, he's a Polish contractor who is working on the camp and two Germans who are, yeah, who are there. It's, it's, uh, it's a World War II novel, guys. So, of course, it's going to be, I don't know, you guys have listened to us talk about We Were the Lucky Ones, which is the World War II novel where the family is all, most of the family members got out and were safe and re- met again down in Brazil. We've talked about Flight Girls, which is from the point of view of the Women Aviation Services in the States. Gosh, have we read or have we talked about any other World War II novels, Abby? Those are the only two we've talked about. Yeah. And I mean, I've read several. Got burned down on them, which, my bad. Well, and this is definitely one of those World War II books that has a lot of bad in it. Like, Flight Girls wasn't as bad because it was focusing on the women aviators. And her story, she stayed in the U.S. She never, she didn't go overseas to fight. So it was like less depressing of a story. This one, since it is based in Auschwitz, it's not a happy story throughout. It's just, yeah, that's for sure. I don't think there'd be any possible way for that to be a happy story. So, you know, just a heads up if you decide to pick this book up. I mean, it's got a good ending, but it's not, it's not a happy book. I guess we would say there's a lot of trigger warnings in this book. There, I would say, is mutilation of humans there's murder there's abuse there's rape gosh there's rape i mean it's every bad thing there possibly could be in a novel so i would have to say i did enjoy this novel it was a very fast read lale is a very good well i mean a good storyteller he's a narrator of fictional novel it was a good story it was compelling I know there's a lot of criticism around this book, however, because it has been the Auschwitz um, Museum, I think that's right, or Society, I can't remember for sure, says that the author really romanticized the concentration camp and did not paint the concentration camp in the true light and horrors that it held. The author... So these books are based off interviews, um, based off real people. So Lale was, or is, no, was based off of the author's friend's dad. And she got permission from the family to write the author's story, which she embellished a little bit to make it more, to make it flow better, to make it more, again, romanticized, which is one of the criticisms we've had as well. So just some things to think about. I think with this kind of thing, you have to consider when you're writing a book like this that has so much darkness happening in this time period and in this place where it's happening, you have to know how much your audience can take. Because if you go into too much graphic detail, people are going to be turned off by the book. I would not have liked this book if there was like super graphic detail every page, but at the same time, you can't just gloss over those topics either because that's a disservice to those topics and the things that actually happen. So right. I don't know. I did feel like she romanticized things a little bit. It wasn't as dark as I was expecting it to be. Yeah, for being at Auschwitz, I was like, I was, I mean, obviously all concentration camps are bad, but Auschwitz is probably the most 
I don't want to say the most popular. It's the one most people know. Infamous. Infamous that you talk about when it comes to concentration camps. Mm-hmm. But yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I could tell that she romanticized it a bit, but I wouldn't say the romanticization is too terrible. I mean, like I said, if it had been graphic detail on every page where bad things happened, I would not have made it through the book. So... Yeah, I agree with that. It was it was not a hard book to read at all. It was a very fast paced, very easy read. I would say, gosh, it wasn't wasn't long at all. Actually, it, I did audiobook like it was like eight hours of audiobook. Like it was. Yeah, I think it's not even three hundred pages. Yeah. So this was seven and a half hours. Very fast book. Very easy to read and digest. It covered the span of four years, I think. Maybe maybe. Maybe less, maybe more. Yeah, beginning to end for Auschwitz, basically. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's only 272 pages on the hardback. So, yeah, not much at all. So, we're hopefully not this, um, this, what is it? This persuading, unpersuading, not pers- discouraging. discouraging you not to read this book. This really is a, I liked it. It was worth reading. I would recommend it to somebody who was getting into historical fiction and wanted to give them kind of a entry level historical fiction novel. And I would definitely, I don't think I would read it again, which is all right, but we'll talk about that later. All right. You have any other thoughts before we jump through? I think that about does it for me. Okay. Well, guys, you know how this goes. We're going to take a break and then when we come back, we're going to talk about our favorite characters and everything else we like to talk about. Talk to you in a minute, guys. I'm Kayla. And I'm Haley. And we host the podcast We Majored in English for This. It's a weekly show on YA fiction and tomfoolery. Join us each week as we rant, rave, and recap your favorite young adult fiction books. You can find us on all your favorite streaming platforms. And now back to your show. Welcome back, guys. We are going to start with our favorite characters. And remember, this half is all spoilers. If you haven't read this book and you don't want the book spoiled, you need to pause right now, go read it, and then you can come back and talk to us. All right, so who were your favorite characters, Mo? So I really like Papin. So he is the mentor to Lale. He basically saved him by giving him a valuable skill and allowed Lale to be... I said they allow Lale to be of service to the SS officers and not to be forced to hard labor because that's just the fastest way to kill somebody. And then don't think Papin showed him like how to make deals or anything, but that I this one act carries throughout the story in huge ways. I feel like Lale takes the kindness that Papin showed him and he multiplies it and he uses the gift he got and tries to give back to as many people as he can with it. Oh, I agree. I really liked Papin and without him, this would have been a very different story and Lale probably wouldn't have made it out, honestly. No. Also like Leon. So what Lale, Lale did the same for Leon as Papin did for him. He basically said to Burkowski, hey, I need an assistant. Burkowski said, here, how about this one? Great. And basically he got Leon more food, um, some extra 
luxuries as much as he could and really focused on trying to share with him like this is how you tattoo people this is a skill and kind of share the same gift he got from Papen and it was also mentioned that Leon ended up almost being a little brother to Lale yeah his story was rough I can't did he not make it I don't think he did I know I don't think he did I know he got castrated which really is like Mm. that was kind of heart-wrenching and um also I like Victor so he was the Polish contractor and he I think Lale was walking between camps and he approached him and he was like hey what if I got you some money and some jewels and the guy's like and then Lale you know delivered on it and they stroke up this kind of transactional friendship where Lale would trade the Jews money or their rings and their valuables for chocolate and sausage and anything of extra nourishment that he could use to bribe other guards or the prisoners who are above the Jews like they're like there's a hierarchy like you had your SS officer and then they had their lieutenants but the lieutenants were prisoners not often not a Jewish person who are in the camp, who are also prisoner, but they got treated better because they kept the other prisoners in line. And I love how in that first instance, Victor chastised his son. He's like, you know, if we can do good here, we're going to do it. So don't be a dick. Right. I really, like, I appreciated him. Like, just going, nope, we're going to do this. I completely agree. Victor was one of my favorite characters, too. This is really a case of sometimes when you see this huge evil and it's on such a large scale that it doesn't look like anything you personally do will affect it, you still do whatever small things you can. Mm -hmm. And some people can look at that grand evil and just go, well, there's nothing that I can do that will affect it, so why bother? But I really appreciate people like Victor who go, I'm still going to do the small things because it's the right thing to do. I may not be able to release all these prisoners. I may not be able to take them in and shelter them or feed, but I can trade them and give them food. I, I really liked his part in the story. I did too. I really liked Gita, who was uh, Lale's love interest. I liked her story. I liked that it let us see into the women's side of the camp a little bit. I thought the love story was really sweet. Again, it was kind of romanticized because because it was. But I still enjoyed their love story. I thought it was a good one. Um, I liked her character in general. And then Silka. I liked her character. Her story hurt my heart so much. And I don't know. I just... I hated that she was getting hate from all sides and she didn't really have any other choice. It was like the best of bad options and it wasn't even a good bad option. It was a bad option. Like what else can you really do? Right. And so I'm glad that she didn't let her self be made bitter and hard from that. She was still willing to help others with the position that she had so I just I felt really bad for her and I wanted to know what actually happened with her story and I we already touched on this but yes I also liked uh Pepon because 
without him, this would have been a very different story that would not have had a good ending. I, I always like how sometimes we choose different characters to like. I like how neither one of us were like, we like Lale. And I'm like, yeah, he was okay. He was okay. He was okay. He, uh, I don't know. He felt very important to himself. <laughs> I, I did feel like he was a little, um, <laughs> a little self-assured. He was a little arrogant. Yeah. So, I mean, he was, it was a good story from his perspective, but he was very clearly full of himself to some extent. A little bit. And that's okay. Kind of. It is what it is. It happens sometimes. Well, let's just move right along to the least favorite characters. So, I mean, you mentioned too, right off the bat, that I'm like, yes. But I'm surprised that you didn't mention Barkowski. I disliked Bardetsky, I believe was his name. As much as I disliked him, the doctor and the guy who was raping Silka definitely kind of pushed him out. Sorry. Yeah, I mean, so you have the um, logographer, Johann Swartz Huber. That could have been Butcher pretty well. That guy was a tool. Yeah, he was basically like, one of the heads of Auschwitz and he was the one who took Silka and he basically raped her every night and she didn't have any choice. It was either that or she was dead. I just, it turns my stomach thinking about him, honestly. Mm-hmm. And then the doctor, if you have no history, you understand why you should hate him. Experimenting on human beings and castrating men and just God, the sick and twisted things that that man did are just absolutely horrifying. So yeah, they both beat out the other guy as my least favorites. I can see that. I understand these things. I can't think of anyone else. Uh, I didn't like the Russians, but I feel like they were the least evil of evils. Yeah, the Russians were kind of like, eh, whatever. I'm like, they were, they were a little douchey, but I was like, I guess I can handle these guys over the Germans. They were douchey, but they weren't evil. Right. Well, yeah. So. <laughs> All right. Well, let's go into favorite scenes, because I feel like, obviously, Lee's favorite character seems very straightforward. You should just dislike the Nazis. We don't like Nazis. Yeah, pretty much. So I really liked all the sweet moments between Lale and Gita. And again, I know that this was romanticized. I understand that. But I still really like those brief happy moments that they got to spend together. Because it was it was all such small interactions most of the time. But I don't know. It was like a slow burn romance, you know? Because like it took so long and was so small, so many small sweet interactions. Just like... That's true. It was nice. It gave more hope to a bleak situation and then I also really enjoyed Lale being accepted by the gypsies and playing with their kids and talking with their men and like becoming part of their community I loved watching that happen it was wonderful what about you I part of it I think I touched on it a little bit more with the favorite characters but I love seeing the friendship partnership that you see form between Victor and Lale I loved how they were both it I mean, Victor was being paid to do this, but I think he figured out eventually what he was being paid to build. 
And he's like, this is a terrible thing. But the fact that Lale was able to shuttle him money and jewels not only helped Victor, but I'm sure helped his community and help his family. And they were able to have a better life due to that. And the food and chocolate and gifts that Lale got helped them survive on the inside. So mm-hmm. that, that whole uh, storyline, I I don't know. It's probably my favorite storyline in there. I also appreciate when um, Lale's sick with typhoid or typhus. I don't know. I think it's typhoid. No, typhoid is a jungle disease. I don't remember. I don't know. He was he was sick with the disease starts with the T and not tuberculosis. But I liked when Aaron pulls Lale off the death cart and he saves him and the men in their block essentially shield him. Mm-hmm. Like, I thought that was really good. Yeah, I appreciated every time that Lolly got saved because of somebody else's small act of kindness. And honestly, it started to feel like one too many coincidences almost at a certain point. Maybe that was some of and maybe that was some of the romanticism. Mm-hmm. I mean, you can also say that too about we were lucky ones, you know, but they even, you know, mention like their story so unique. Right. And I'm, I mean, this is just another story of beating the odds in a awful situation. Yeah. And I understand that. Yeah. Well, let's just roll right along. What about your least favorite scenes? I, uh, let me tell you, there's a lot of bad least favorite scenes in this book. Oh my God. There's so many scenes in this book that are just like, uh, Silka being taken. Like, literally anything to do with Silka just hurt my heart, and I hated it, and gosh. Well, why were you so drawn to Silka? Like, why was she... So, in books, rape is one of those things that just, I can't handle it. Yeah. And I know we didn't, we don't actually ever, like, see her being raped, but we know it's happening. And the fact that we know it's happening, and she's still having to, like, go about her day like normal like everybody else's it just it just killed me and then people are treating her like crap and she's like it's either do this or die which which one would I rather do right so like most of her own people are treating her like crap because she's a supposed traitor even though she doesn't have a choice and the Nazis are obviously not treating her well because they don't even think she's human and she's literally just being raped every night. And so like the position she's in just absolutely killed me. Every time she showed up, I'm like, God, when are you going to get out of this? You have, this, this can't be the end. Right. You know, like get out now. Oh, I just, her story is the one that just like really got to me. And it was because of her circumstances. Basically, every time somebody was taken and never seen again, which happens quite often in this book. And, okay, it, it partially bothered me because there's no wrap-up for their, like, definitive wrap-up for their storylines. But also, they're taken away, you know, they probably died. And so it's like, I hate having that knowledge, you know? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. It's just... I mean, we don't we don't want to have that knowledge. We want them to be, yeah. We know what happens. So I really, really, well, you'll you'll touch on it the next part. 
I won't say it. Yeah. Okay. The thing that got me the most. So Lael has basically become part of the gypsy community that is in Auschwitz and they're, they're friends and they share food with him and he shares with them and he looks forward to playing with their kids at night. And then he comes back one day and literally every single one of them is gone because they were sent to the gas chambers. I had to stop reading for a few minutes because I was so upset. Right. Like that was definitely one of the ones where I was like, and we're done for a moment. Like I remember pausing. I was outside picking up sticks probably. And I was like, and I'm unhappy with this. Mm-hmm. Hold please. Yeah. Uh, I think that was the absolute least favorite scene. Absolute worst part of the book. Yeah. Just, it would have been different if it was like yeah. one person or a smaller group of them, but having literally an entire community swept mm-hmm. up into the gas chambers and killed just I'm getting upset just rethinking about this again blows your mind right anyway so also I did not like when we had Gita and Lale both get sick like Lale was lucky that he survived but he was able to get Gita some medicine mm-hmm. but just the reality of getting sick is a death sentence you know, right. you can't work, you're dead. You get sick, you're dead. Mm-hmm. Well, I honestly thought for a while there that we were actually going to lose Gita. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, I mean, we're not both going to make it out of this, right? Right. Got a little risky. Mm-hmm. And I, so the other things I didn't like, so once we got out of Auschwitz and Lale's gotten shoved onto another train, gone to another camp. He escapes that camp. And then he gets flipping captured by Russian soldiers and essentially is made a prisoner again right after his escape. But he's a glorified prisoner because he can speak several languages. And he's basically, I almost equate him as a pimp where he had to go down to the village and find girls for the Russian guys to come to dinner. So you know whether and i don't i it to me it insinuated that the girls were probably having sex with the men more often than not but i'm not sure if i just made that up no they were yeah okay but like i don't know like so he's a 25 year guy in the beginning of the book he's going on to his 30s he's basically getting girls like his sister's age to be like hey come sleep with these guys they'll give you money and chocolate and food scuzzy oh i know it was entirely scuzzy he was definitely a pimp uh Mm -hmm. the only the only bright side to this whole situation is that he was in a better place and the girls he was trying to pimp were coming willingly yeah he wasn't like going into shops and going you you and you you're gonna be there tonight like he was going hey they're having a party tonight Anybody want to have sex with some Russians for gold and stuff? <laughs> and the girls were going, yeah, sure. So, I mean, technically everybody was consenting adults, but it's still really scuzzy. I agree. Quite scuzzy. Was not impressed with that, but yeah, which is fine. 
it's a book. It was war. It's how it is. So those are my least favorite scenes. I that's what I got. I fast read, guys. Not not a candy read, not a light read, but a fast read. And it didn't go into super duper details, so I don't have a super lot to, else to say about it. I would rate for me is that this was a four. It was good. It's not worth a reread for my time. It was also, I believe, my only World War II novel of 2021 and very much well worth it. I also believe, like I said before, this is one of the ones I would give to someone to read to get kind of introduce them into historical literature because it's an easy read. Yeah. So right after I finished this, I gave it four and a half stars. Um, if I was to rate it right now, I'd probably just give it four. Because sometimes, like, when you're on that book high, you're like, yes, let's give it all the stars. And then you ruminate on it for a while, and you're like, it's probably not worth all the stars. Yeah. And that's kind of how I feel about this book. Like, it was a good read. Uh, It was a powerful story. It was not worth a reread. Which is fine. Not everybody, not every book can be worth a reread, honestly. Which is perfectly fine. That happens. Yeah. So that's where I stand with mine. And yeah, this is this is such a short book. There's not too much more to discuss, I would think. That's pretty much it, guys. So thank you to our Patreons for picking this book for us to talk about. We hope that, well, you probably, at least one of you has read this book before. I know one of you has. And we hope you enjoyed our episode and we can't wait to see what you pick for next month. All right. We'll talk to you next week, guys. Bye. If you liked what you heard today and want to help us spread the book love, drop us a rating or review on the app you use or share the episode post on your preferred social media. Everything helps. You can also check out our Patreon for some awesome perks like access to our mini-series, a monthly guaranteed episode poll, and much more. You can also find us on Instagram and Twitter under the name The Book Life Podcast. If you'd like to contact us directly, you can email us at thebooklifepodcast at gmail.com. The song is Theme for an Unmade Anime by C8 Benoit from their album Dominique. You can find them on Instagram at C underscore A underscore B-E-N-O-I-T. That's C-A Benoit. And on Spotify under their name, Katie Benoit. Thanks for listening. Till next time.